0: Our learning objective is to compute a dollar-weighted rate of return. Now, a dollar-weighted rate of return is an internal rate of return computation. And so, in equation format, the way you think about it is you set equal to zero an equation that has uh, minus the initial value of the portfolio, plus the present value of all of your net cash flows. So cash flows in and cash flows out. Naturally, you have to be very concerned about the signs of the cash flows. So if your initial value is negative, as I described, then any cash added to the portfolio would be a negative sign, and any cash removed from the portfolio would be a positive sign. And then you add to that the present value of the ending value of the portfolio. So in this equation, you are looking for the discount rate that causes the the present value of these three terms, the initial value, the present value of the net cash flows, and the present value of the ending value, to equal 0. Unless you're looking at one time period or possibly two time periods, this cannot be done manually. So you would normally need to use some sort of calculator uh, to solve this. So let's consider a problem. Uh, Let's make it the the same problem we looked at before. The initial value of the portfolio is 100,000. At the end of time period one, you add 40,000 and the value is 135,000. At the end of time period two, the portfolio is worth 150,000. So, what is the dollar weighted rate of return? There are two ways of working this problem. The first set of keystrokes is we start with shift clear all. Remember that's good calculator practice especially when you're working a series of problems to make sure your memory is cleared out. So shift clear all, enter the hundred thousand which is the initial value of the portfolio, change the sign, so now you want to hit the plus minus key, and then hit the key uh, with the letters CF sub J on it. That stands for cash flow. And when you hit the cash flow key, you will see in the window, real quickly, the number zero, which says that's your first cash flow number. And in the window, you should see the number one, which means you have one period entered. And when you enter the, the ending value of the portfolio of 150000 you don't change the sign because you want the ending value positive. Hit the cash flow key. You'll see the number two. Then you hit the shift key and then the key with the gold letters that says IRR slash YR, which stands for internal rate of return. And in the window, you should see the number two, which says you now have two periods entered. And then you enter the ending value of the portfolio of 150,000. You don't change the sign because you want the ending value positive. Hit the cash flow key, you'll see the number three. Then you hit the shift key and then the key with the gold letters that says IRR slash YR which stands for internal rate of return. In this particular set of keystrokes, the way to think about the signs is that you're uh, thinking about cash in your pocket. So when you look at the initial value of the portfolio, think of it as you take a hundred thousand out of your pocket and you use that to buy this portfolio. At the end of the first year when you add forty thousand dollars to the portfolio you're again taking cash out of your pocket and adding it to the portfolio. So both of those have a negative sign. At the end of the second period you are liquidating the portfolio. So you have a hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's coming Back into your pocket. Now, I'm not saying you literally liquidate it, but in theory, you could liquidate it and take the 150,000 cash and put it back into your pocket. The alternative set of keystrokes is you could think about all the cash flows in reverse. So you could think about the initial value of the cash of the portfolio, 100,000, as being a positive number. So you can think of it as the value of the portfolio itself. The 40,000 could also be a positive number. And then the 150,000 has to be negative because conceptually you are removing 150,000 from the portfolio. The second set of keystrokes is based on the fact that our equation where we where we defined internal rate of return. In that equation you can multiply both sides by minus one. And when you multiply both sides by minus 1, you, in effect, simply change the signs of all the cash flows. Either set of keystrokes gets you the right answer. The first set is the way most people think about the signs for the cash flows. But if that's not intuitive to you, you can certainly use the second set of keystrokes as an alternative way to think about the cash flows. So whichever one you're most comfortable with, use that method to think about the cash flows and then you should get the correct answer. Okay, uh, let's look at a practice problem here. Uh, The initial value of the portfolio is 50,000. At the end of the time period one, you remove 10,000. At the end of time period two, the portfolio is worth 45,000. And I'll give you three choices, no solution, five point three nine percent, and eight point seven six percent. Once again, there are two solutions. The first one is uh, to think about money relative to your pocket. So you could have shift, clear all, plus the fifty thousand entry, plus minus, CF, and you see zero in the window, ten thousand CF, because you're taking 10,000 out of the portfolio at the end of the first period, and then 45,000 CF, you should see the number 2. Shift IRR slash YR, and your display will say 5.39%. The second solution, where you reverse all the signs, once again, you will get 5.39%. Now, on this problem, Sometimes people think it's no solution. And the way you get no solution in this is if you treat all of the numbers as positive or all of the numbers as negative. If you think about that original equation that defined the internal rate of return, in order to get a solution, at least two of the cash flows have to have opposite signs. Otherwise, you will get no solution. And when you think about how the two ways that we think about the cash flows, either money in and out of your pocket or money in and out of the portfolio, whichever one you use, the beginning value and the ending value have to have opposite signs. So it's how you define those two signs that then determine the signs for your cash flows. We've talked about time-weighted rate of return and dollar-weighted rate of return, and that leads people to say, well, which rate should be used? Like in a lot of investments, the answer is a clear cut, it depends. It depends on the conditions governing the cash flows. If the portfolio manager controls cash flow timing, then you should use the internal rate of return because the portfolio manager is in responsible not only for how the portfolio performed but when cash was added to and removed from the portfolio. If the portfolio manager has no control over when cash comes in or goes out, then you should use the time weighted or geometric mean return. Return to an investor is always the internal rate of return because what matters to an investor is, you know, how did the portfolio perform when it was larger? How did it perform when it was smaller? Think of a simple example. If you open a portfolio and put $1,000 in it for the first time period, and at the end of the first time period you add $1 million to it, at the end of two time periods, you say, how did I do? The truth is, you don't really care how you did the first time period when you only had 1,000. You really care how you did in the second time period when you had a million in there. And so internal rate of return, or dollar-weighted, rates the performance each period relative to how much money was at risk. And that's what's meaningful to the investor. Most portfolio managers do not control when cash goes in and comes out. Think of, for example, a mutual fund portfolio manager. That person has no control over when investors add cash or withdraw. So, most of the time, we measure the performance of a portfolio manager by geometric mean return. We should measure the performance of the investor's portfolio as the internal rate of return. The nature of the cash flows and the portfolio performance each period will determine which rate is higher. Again, only if the, if there are no cash flows will the two be identical. If there are any cash flows they will differ and depending on when the cash flows occurred and the performance each period will determine whether the IRR, the internal rate of return, or the geometric mean return is the larger of the two. You never know in advance which one would in effect be the larger of the two. Let's consider some true false questions. A dollar weighted rate of return is always higher than a time weighted rate of return. That one's false. It depends on the timing of the cash flows, and the rate of return of the portfolio each period. When computing the dollar-weighted rate of return, the initial value of the portfolio and the ending portfolio value must always have the same sign. That one is false. If you have the same sign, there's a good chance you may end up with no solution Uh, In order to get uh, the correct answer, those two must always be of the opposite signs.